We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. Hello and welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by the FFPC. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I'm joined as always by Mr. Sean Siegel, the co-owner of Rotoviz. Sean, it is Scott. Well, it's not Scott Fishbowl Week just yet, but by the time listeners are listening to our next episode next week, we'll already be in the draft process. So we uh, have a, a fantastic piece of kit up on the the website. Thanks to Mr. Blair Andrews to, to get people in that Scott Fishbowl mood in case some people weren't already. But I'm excited for it. Uh, are you excited for both the, the app itself and the, the Scott Fishbowl coming up next week? Definitely. This is one of the most fun events for the fantasy community. Obviously, Scott has done a fantastic job too with the charity element of it. So uh, just a lot of enthusiasm, I think, for it. And he always does a great job of tweaking the format so you have to play in a different fashion every year this season obviously with the huge scoring bonuses that should be a lot of fun i i'm always in favor of of the more points the merrier you know you get in those shootouts and you know that should be quite a bit of fun and as you mentioned in order to try and get a sense of what those scoring bonuses mean and you know how the scoring is going to happen 
in you know this new scoring environment blair has an app up on the site it's free to anyone so even if you're not a subscriber come check that out i think after you played with that a little bit you'll be intrigued by you know what you can get in some of the other apps as well but definitely you know go check that out you can see uh the default it loads up with uh, george kittle travis kelsey zach Ertz. you can see what those superstar tight ends have done in the format if you've gone in and looked at it at all those three players were among the highest scoring players in the entire format if you look at last year's numbers and apply them to the scoring format this year so uh, lots of cool stuff both you know with the tournament and then you know go over to the site do a little preparation yeah I'm, I'm excited for it as well and uh, as you mentioned scott fantastic work and so many great people from around the the fantasy community involved in it so it's going to be another fun especially the drafts always so much fun but then the season is fun as well so uh, we'll be talking a little bit more about the app a little bit later in the show in overtime but before we get into the show i just want to let you know a little quick plug for rotoviz radio patreon it's back for a second season and it is better than ever patreons ships start from just six dollars a month and we now have exclusive access to rotoviz radio slack where you can jump in and talk to some of the writers on the site and talk to many of the podcast hosts as well so it's, it's gonna be fun to get that interaction this year patreons also get first jumps into the listener leagues and have access to those spots those leagues will be starting soon so don't miss out on that so there's a lot of cool things that'll be coming your way in the higher end tier at nine dollars you can get yourself some rotoviz merchandise at the end of the season so become a rotoviz patreon today join into that exclusive community and get get involved you can get in there at patreon.com forward slash rotoviz radio that's just a nice way to to help boost uh, the network here help support us to continue to do industry leading content and of course all the shows we do for free on a weekly basis as well here on the network and speaking of exclusives as we always do it is time to let you know about the 10 percent discount you can get off a rotoviz nfl pass right now available through the rotoviz nfl podcast homepage that is rotaviz.com forward slash podcast get ready for the season and as we mentioned get ready for the scott fish bowl get unlimited access to all our nfl content and tools and again help support the podcast network that is rotaviz.com forward slash podcast so sean as we jump in here to the second quarter uh there's an interesting piece i thought up on the site this week and it was from court smith he was talking about minding the gap and he was talking about the uh, adp disparity between some running backs and who to target and who to fade uh, i really enjoyed this one and it's kind of one of those areas where we always look into see where maybe there can be discrepancies in those values and i think in running back this year we are seeing some of those um this is a piece that used to be uh, one of charles klein haxel's uh pieces that he used to, to cover up to look through and uh, court smith doing it this year so i thought it was very interesting um overall was there any key takeaways sean that you took from it uh, as a whole yeah this is this is a really cool piece and court did a great job with it uh, once you get into your sort of deep running back analysis what you find is that there are a lot of different types of analyses like this that you can do that really help you whether you are going to use zero running back you're going to use the one elite running back uh, written some articles on the site recently with the best ball workshop talking about how drafting that running back in the first round and then essentially employing uh, zero running back or the principles of zero running back through the next you know four five six rounds has been an extremely effective approach the last several years so whether you go pure as your running back whether you draft that one running back and then take a bunch of receivers with hopefully an elite tight end thrown in there 
either way you approach it, you're going to be looking for some of these running backs in the middle rounds. And Court's analysis here is, is really cool because, as you mentioned, it breaks down the running backs into four groups and essentially talks about uh, – the, the split in the in the ADP gaps between them, right? So we have big gap backs and small gap backs. Now these small gap backs are guys who we have the committees and you have the first running back picked and then there's a small gap in ADP for the second running back from that same team. When you look at this, you discover that there are two groups that you really want to target. One would be obviously those workhorses. However, the cost there is significant. The other group would be the small gap two backs. So essentially when you have a committee and you have a small gap in the ADP between the two guys, if you target the second of the two running backs, then you're going to have a lot of success. These running backs have had similar win rates to those stud running backs. And obviously the price there makes them much easier to acquire. So when we look at that, then Court gives us a list of targets and fades for 2019. And I think these targets and fades obviously are the interesting part. People always want to know, you know, which particular guys. And so he goes in and, and says that his targets, the cheapest big gap one sort of lead backs are Aaron Jones, Carrion Johnson, Mark Ingram, and Kenyon Drake. Call him out of those four guys. Do you have any particular favorites would you be targeting all of them is there a red flag or two in there well the two the two out of it that i would like to have on some of my rosters this season are aaron jones and carry on johnson uh, and the two the reason for that is they they both are like like you know it's mentioned here by court they are kind of the lead backs in that second tier who's kind of in a committee but the two of those have the clearest path to being you know the the absolute workhorse on those two teams now we have obviously cj anderson uh, there to have a little bit of work against carry on johnson and then aaron jones and williams and green bay so i can see a path to both of those having and hugely productive seasons we've talked about mark ingram on the show previously quite a number of times i don't think we're the biggest fans in the world and Kenyon drake while he has shown flashes i just don't know if it'll all come together for miami this season to have enough work for a running back in a committee situation like that to, to have a big big overall fantasy role so i think the first two there in aaron jones and carry on johnson are the two that really interest me and really do show kind of explosive traits that that could end up being being huge values uh, as running backs this season those would also be the two players in that group that i would really be going after uh, jones if he adds some receptions with the, which there's a lot of discussion about then you know he could easily jump into that really high flying category carry on johnson uh, just was uh, chatting with mike clay earlier and some trades uh, for a league we're in and, and he was looking to pick up carry on i just think he is going to jump into that elite tier this season probably to the tail end of it you know it'll be difficult to get up into the uh, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara range, but certainly I think he will start to press into that group. And so those two guys are fantastic targets. Now, the second group the court is looking at based on this analysis are the small gap two backs. So the cheaper of the two guys in the committee and his targets here are Rashad Penny, Latavius Murray, Royce Freeman, Jordan Howard, Austin Eckler, Hines, uh, Carlos Hyde, Deontay Foreman, Devin Singletary and Adrian Peterson. Now, with those names, so he's he's given you the guys that fit this criterion the best. Within that group, I think there are some names that probably jump out to you as well. 
Yeah, Sean, obviously out of those, there's a couple I would say we're probably linking on the same names on a lot of these running backs based on the kind of profiles that we tend to look for. The ones that are in that that really stand out to me uh, is Austin Eckler, who I think could continue to be of value uh, moving forward, as he has been the last couple of seasons, and Naheem Hines is the other one. Now, there is a name in the, in the fades down below as we get to that, and that is... Um, you know a situation where Marlon Mack is starting to get a little bit maybe overvalued he's somebody I'm targeting this season anyway even in that list but Naheem Hines is somebody I think at the value he is coming in at and I think the work that he's going to continue to get if you look at his uh, career so far in terms of his production on receptions uh, I think we can still see a lot of a lot of good work from him so those kind of two satellite backs I think are very very interesting I think Latavius Murray based on you know being in that that high-powered Saints offense might get some work down around the goal line we've seen what Mark Ingram was able to do so Murray could be a sneaky one to have him there but I'd say to the rest of them they are they are really the two strong ones that that I would like in this list because you know you have Royce Freeman I think it's going to be a split backfield at best unless we see uh, an injury to to the guy in front of him there in Lindsay so the, the other two guys are the guys I think kind of standalone value even if they don't you know get any additional Russian work Right. And I think that the two clear players to avoid in this group would be Singletary and Peterson. We talk about the small gap to backs, but in both of those cases, that's actually a three person committee at the very best. Right. So those players only really fall into this group because they are wildly overdrafted. Hines is someone I'm taking in almost every draft. Mentioned several of the reasons why in the 20 rounds of death article. We'll have a couple more articles coming up here in the next couple of weeks discussing why he is a fantastic value. Uh, Anybody who hasn't played with the road of his screener, I encourage you to jump in there. Uh, Bring up all of the rookie running backs from the last uh, 19 years going back to the year 2000 and put them in use the linear regression function play around with that a little bit you know use the rushing expected points use the receiving expected points you might be surprised who the number two projected back uh, out of the rookie class from last year uh, is going to be although that's obviously a little spoiler as well so we go into the fades group next you mentioned marlon mack is in with the fades we also have Nick Chubb, Chris Carson, Tevin Coleman, Devontae Freeman, Darius Geis, and Miles Sanders. These guys are the fades because they're the most expensive of that small gap one back. However, you know, Marlon Mack, I think, it, someone that, that you pointed out, someone I think is very similar to Aaron Jones and perhaps should be going earlier. I, even though I'm drafting everywhere, I think that certain writers could obviously make a, a case for Heinz going later to create a little bit more of the gap there. Uh, Chubb, Carson, those guys are, are very clear avoids. I think Coleman and Freeman may be a little bit more interesting. Within that group, anyone other than Mac that stands out as someone you might still have some interest in. Well, I think Chubb, you know, we've talked about Chubb uh, last season and this season. I'm sure we'll talk about him more, but I just think there's a, a really, really. Uh, excellent nfl running back in there um, and i think there's gonna be the opportunity for him to show that but his value is kind of it's kind of at peak value now in terms of where you would expect his production to be so i think you're not really going to gain anything on it but there is something to be said for getting a running back who can 
uh, get you those points on a weekly basis. So I, I would kind of have him and Marlon Mack in the, the same bucket. But I, I do like Mack, and I, I was really impressed, particularly in the second half of last season, how he was able to, to perform. Because the Colts, for a number of years, had issues with the offensive line. And we've seen that with Andrew Luck getting uh, into so much uh, trouble you know, behind it. And then, obviously, they've been able to, to help him. They've been able to get uh, the running game going. So I, I think Mack could, could, be, could be a real uh, league winner this year. Um, the other two that are interesting, you mentioned... <laughs> And it's because they're separated now. They used to be 1A and 1B, and that's Coleman and Freeman. I think Freeman could have value there. Ito Smith is behind him, uh, is going to push him for a little bit of work. But I think him coming back and being healthy, I think, you know, sometimes we see players come back from injury and be a little bit overhyped. I think the opposite is happening for Freeman. Uh, he he is um, kind of been a little bit underhyped coming back off that injury. So he, he could he could end up being a value. But the, the Geis-Peterson uh, kind of combination from you talked with Peterson in the last group, Geis, I'm just a little bit wary of that Washington uh, offense as a whole. Uh, and there are two players I'd be staying away from. And, and Sanders, while um, he could come in and do a lot of a lot of good things, he's somebody that I mentioned on a previous episode that I just think his ADP uh, is is too high at, at this present moment. Yes, it, certainly with where he is now and that offense, it's a little bit tricky. If his ADP starts to really fall, like we saw from Chubb and from uh, some of the other highly hyped rookies last year you know in those last couple of weeks they became extremely inexpensive and then you know really fit into a perfect range and then chubb paid off uh, as that zero running back candidate last year chubb was the kind of guy who is perfect when he's cheap once he becomes expensive he no longer really has the profile that you're looking for from some of those top backs so again encourage you to jump into this article if you get a chance to look a little bit more at the research that court has done here i think you'll be impressed with how much of a help this can be as you're trying to set up your running back board and uh, my article a little bit earlier in this week looking at the roster construction explorer looking at how different strategies sort of evolve over the course of the nfl calendar and one of the things that's kind of cool sort of interesting to see is that zero running back has been extremely ineffective in early drafts but then once we start to get more information start to have a better sense of how these running back depth charts are going to play out it becomes much more effective later in the draft season so we're now into the time period where zero running back is starting to be a dominant approach use court's article here to get yourself some of those great middle round running backs at a discount Allow me a brief second to tell you about our good friends over at the FFPC, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. If you're a diehard who loves to draft, the FFPC best ball leagues are already in full swing for the 2019 season with drafts starting at $35 all the way up to $1,250. Both slow and live drafts are filling and launching daily. And of course, if you're a fan of the Dynasty format, we all know the story at this stage. The FFPC has become the go-to destination for serious Dynasty players. They now have over 300 active Dynasty leagues starting at $77 and even have a $5,000 entry Dynasty League. And the best part is not a single league has folded in nine years. Registrations for brand new startup Dynasty drafts have opened and new leagues are forming now. Limited orphan teams are also available at discounted pricing. Don't miss out on the MyFFPC experience. Now go to MyFFPC.com and register now. That's MyFFPC.com, the home of high-stakes season-long fantasy football. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. 
I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. They call you the Grill Master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV. The perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event. Now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz. The best or nothing. So, Sean, as we head on to the next piece, we're going to look at breakout fourth-year wide receivers, and this is always a fun one that I enjoy jumping into, looking at those players who maybe people have started to forget about a little bit and uh, have a chance to break out. Um, and sometimes, you know, we talked last year all the way up to the fifth-year breakout. We might do something similar later this off-season, but this is one of the pieces that you put up, and I always enjoy looking through it to see who can break out. And, uh, you know, these are the kind of pieces that led us to uh, Tyler Boyd for example last year in terms of his breakout so um, I'm going to let you have the floor first what did you expect in terms of the uh, the fifth year or sorry the fourth year breakouts that we might see in 2019 so one of the reasons I really enjoy doing the breakout study and, and breaking these guys out into their individual seasons is that we do see very different profiles from wide receivers who break out in their fifth year compared to in their third year compared to those guys who break out as rookies and sort of all the way through and you know i talk about a little bit in the article that breakouts are the key to winning your fantasy league at the same time they're also the biggest trap right because if you go through your draft and you're essentially picking people who have been unproductive I mean, that's, that's about the polar opposite of what makes sense when you really think about how you want to approach a draft or you want to get productive players, right? But we need to sprinkle in a few of these breakout candidates. And in order to do that, we need to know what the profiles have been like. Now, with these fourth year guys, we haven't actually had one since 2013 with Antonio Brown's eruption until this year. And one of the cool things is that when you do go through and you start to break these guys down, look at the profiles, look at where different people are sitting and then also compare it to the ADP and, and try and decide whether it makes sense. The guy who broke out this past season was Tyler Lockett uh, from this fourth year group. And he was our number one recommendation last season. So if you're reading the fourth year breakout article a year ago, drafted Tyler Lockett, then he will have contributed to some very positive win rates and very positive results for you. But so some of the cool things about these guys in this group of the 20, 21 breakouts Nine of them were drafted outside the first 190 picks. And these guys weren't slouches going forward either. Six of them managed to record at least one more 200-point season going forward. Now, these late-round breakouts, they also easily outnumbered the early selections. There were only five first-rounders who remained in this group. And of those guys, only Reggie Wayne and Michael Crabtree managed another 200-point season. So even from these first-rounders who broke out, there were only a couple of guys where it wasn't sort of a, a last gasp, and then they still declined and, and went out of the league. The fifth year or the fourth year breakouts do a solid job of then continuing their performance. Uh, seven of the 19 guys who have played a fifth year went on to repeat their 200-point seasons. And it was really a bit of bad luck that they didn't do even better. Donner Driver, uh, Jordy Nelson, Pierre Garcon, and Crabtree, they all returned to 200-point status in year six. 
And then fourth year breakouts, they've averaged 176 points the subsequent season. So that's not bad at all, but it is far below the level that rookie and second year breakouts achieve. So again, when we're kind of looking at the way players develop, receivers develop, it's worth noting that these guys who break out late, we might want to have a little bit more restrained expectations for them than some of the other players. And I think that's something cool that we'll go into a little bit as well when we look at Pat's article in the fourth quarter. But just then looking at this, right? So we know these profiles. We have a sense of what has happened in the last 20 years. And I think as a result of that, the fact that there's not a lot of interest for Josh Jackson, not a lot of interest for Laquan Treadwell, uh, our study agrees with that, right? People are definitely ready to give up on them. If they were going to break out, they probably would have done that. Their teams have given them the chance, and they just really don't appear to have it at the NFL level. On the other hand, there are some guys like Geronimo Allison, Richard Higgins, Chester Rogers, Demarcus Robinson, people who are, uh, Allison certainly getting some hype, but this group a little bit below the radar and perhaps pretty intriguing at their ADPs. A couple of the guys, Higgins and Rogers, you know, basically not drafted at all and one of the things to keep in mind five of these fourth year breakouts score fewer than 100 points in the season before their breakout so you know we do have some guys who even with very limited production do choose this season to emerge if they've managed to stay on the team uh, work their way up the depth chart a little bit and then get a little bit of opportunity of those four guys i think that you're obviously going to be an allison fan uh how high are you on him? And did any of those other three names uh, spark anything for you? In terms of Alice, like I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, but I'm not the biggest fan of Geronimo Allison. He's he's done certain things and shown certain flashes, but I'm not all that sure that he has enough to be able to outproduce some of the the second year players in Green Bay. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how he does this year. But I I I, I would be more of a, a, a Valdez Scantling fan uh, to see what he can do in terms of Allison. You know, he's he's just showing glimpses, and I I don't know how long term it's going to be. Uh, for Green Bay and he, he could be one that I, I turn out to be wrong on but just watching them you know and the games he's played he's just not somebody who gets me all that excited now out of the list th- this list compared to last year's list doesn't have me excited because this was the year if you look back to those uh, wide receivers you mentioned Josh Dotson and uh, Laquan Treadwell there was a lot of hype for this rookie class and they really didn't deliver when they came into the league and i think we're kind of seeing that in terms of who's in this group now but out of this group and i'm after talking them down probably the least exciting one of them would or the most exciting one sorry would be drawn Allison for me but i just I, I don't see an opportunity really for richard higgins to have a significant role based on you know the, the talent that's around him now uh, with odell beckham coming in with landry there you know i, I just don't know if there's enough to go around for them all is there anyone in it who, who really does have you excited this year it's tricky because if these guys were going to be exciting then we would be hearing more about them they'd be drafted earlier and so it's more a matter of trying to decide if they have some sleeper appeal and you know if you go in you read some of the beat reports of the off-season activities some of the things that have gone on there are some positive feelings out there for both Rodgers and Robinson, right? Both of these guys get lost with the Paris Campbell and the Nicole Hardman selections to where they go from being, okay, well, maybe there's a role in an explosive offense 
to, okay, now this guy is going to fight just to make the team. We might be a little bit early on those rookies. Both of those guys have a lot to still prove in terms of actually being producers. Now, Campbell, a little bit more there as a senior, but again, you know, we know that the seniors tend to underperform as they transition to the NFL. Those guys have blazing speed, but do they have it as receivers? Whereas Rodgers, the reports on him are that he is having a, a fantastic offseason. I don't think that gets discussed that much simply because he's not that exciting. Demarcus Robinson, same thing there in Kansas City, where especially if Hill is suspended for a lengthy period of time, uh, obviously Sammy Watkins, always someone who we want to see do well, but you know, at any moment could miss the entire rest of the season. And then there would really be a void there where a player like Robinson with Patrick Mahomes, suddenly he skyrockets in terms of how people are looking at him. And so I think the combination of these guys sticking around, the fact that they have elite quarterbacks, and the fact that the reports have been encouraging in the offseason, we want to keep those things in mind. Now, you know, Rodgers is someone I actually have on quite a few rosters, and, you know, I've been cutting him to make room for unproven rookies. So, you know, even in deep leagues, these guys are tricky to roster. But I definitely think you should keep them on your watch list and be ready to add them more quickly than your fellow owners. Uh, if if anything turns that would boost them a little bit, if we start to see that crack, that opening, you want to get in there before your competitors do. Yeah, they're all kind of players who are probably one injury away from really having a chance. Like, for example, I mentioned with the Browns and, uh, you know, the situation there. If one, one of those guys goes down, it obviously opens up a, a huge opportunity. Out of the guys you've mentioned, it's just it's always interesting to note, like, who's trending in the right direction to actually have that real step forward and real breakout. If you look over the last two years, uh, we have a situation where Demarcus Robinson, like, while he showed flashes last year and there's some very exciting plays in there, he did have four touchdowns. He had only 22 receptions for 288 yards, and one of those was an 89-yard touchdown. So that leaves him with 21 receptions for 200 yards. So it doesn't get as exciting then. Similar with Allison, who is just 55 career receptions. But the one that is trending in the right direction really is uh, Chester Rogers that you mentioned. He's gone from 23 receptions to 53 receptions. You know, the, the things are starting to trend in the right direction. So it's not as hard to have an season where he hits you know 70 now just jumping forward to his reception total uh, in an offense which i expect to, to score a lot of points this year so uh he he would be somebody who, who who's worth rostering at the moment and uh, him and allison you'll probably find are the two that are rostered in most leagues the other two guys then are kind of players that might be on the wire so that it's going to be interesting to see but they're the ones that you need to just be ready especially in leagues where there's no, uh, you know, it's first come, first serve, and it's during the week. Uh, you need to make sure that you're following all the different sites to make sure if there is any injuries that you can snap those sort of guys up very, very quickly and get them on your roster. But it's always interesting. Last year, there was quite a number of players. There was Tyler Boyd. There was Tyler Lockett. All the Tylers were breaking out <laughs> in 2018. But uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see who can break out from this list as we, as we move forward. <laughs>
So, Sean, you teased it a little bit earlier, and it's uh, an article up on the site by Pat Corain. He's talking about what if we are right. He's been doing this series, and this is part five. We did touch on one or two of the other parts of it, and he's talking about strong buys at wide receiver on this one. It's always, uh, you know, my, my favorite discussions tend to be around the wide receiver position, uh, and this one I think is going to be a fun one. So, Pat, anything Pat does and puts up on the site is always must read. Uh, what What did you think of this in terms of there's there's quite a few players on this that I think I think that we agree with in terms of our thoughts on on their seasons and how strong of a buy they are right and so what pat is doing is looking at our redraft rankings and then the ffpc dynasty adp and making some comparisons there to give us a sense of if the players hit what we are projecting how is that going to impact their dynasty adp going forward in like you mentioned, this is a fantastic article and a fantastic study. And one of the reasons it's so fun and it's so good is that it shows the importance of thinking about different scenarios for this season and what will happen next season as a result. So the guys on the list here, Juju Smith-Schuster, Stefan Diggs, Kenny Galladay, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, uh, and Kiki Kuti, who all players that we talk about a lot on the site, obviously the, the title here, you know, what if we're right? And the main thing that stands out to me is that all of these players with their valuations, if they have a middle of the road season next year, then they're going to stay in the same place in terms of dynasty ADP or creep up slightly. If they have a poor season, it's going to hurt them, but not that much. If they have a great season, then they really jump into the elite category. Obviously, Smith-Schuster already there. One of the things Pat talks about is how he could be number one at this time next season. So the key thing that you're trying to do in any dynasty draft is make sure you're targeting players to where their ADP the following year is such that a normal season, they're going to rise. A good season, they're going to explode. A bad season, they're not going to go down that much. And you would think that there wouldn't be that many of those players available, or perhaps those players wouldn't exist at all, because if they did, their ADPs would be even higher. What we're finding here is that that's definitely not entirely the case and that there are some gaps. So starting with Smith-Schuster, he's someone Pat explains could be number one next year do you buy his argument is he someone you would still be looking at at this lofty adp of number four overall it is it is very high i have to say but i think in terms of um his age and what you can expect going forward based on the value as well i can't really see you know i can't really see a situation where he's not a top 10 uh dynasty wide receiver uh, next season and uh, there is some players that you could see that with in terms of what we could expect like i could see stefan diggs's value dropping down to wide receiver 20 although i don't expect that to happen but you could see a case where that happens i think juju is going to have you know that that because he has had that first two years where he's really uh, broke out each season um, I think that's a very fair position for him and I think he's somebody who uh, I would be delighted to have on any of my uh, dynasty rosters if that option was available uh, looking through the rest of them then I think like you know DJ Moore he's somebody who I took this year and uh, one of my startups and I, I have him in a couple of my teams I drafted him as a rookie and you know people in terms of where I got him versus where expectations would have been to draft him obviously looking at the, the rankings on Rotoviz, uh, I, I took him at the spot that you'd expect a lot of people thought that was too early but I still think that it would be would be a value there Galladay who's somebody who we really liked last season the one thing about Galladay is um, his age is kind of surprising in terms of his 
length of time in the league. That's one thing that would surprise in terms of a dynasty perspective there. So I would probably have DJ Moore uh, over Galladay in terms of the, the rankings there um, for the wide receivers. Uh, I think Calvin Ridley and uh, Kiki Kuti are interesting. I think Kuti is going to be one that we need to see what he does this year because obviously if we do get Will Fuller healthy and I think Fuller could be in for a big year, it's going to be interesting to see. And even though they're not going for the same targets and they're not going for uh, kind of the same area of the field, I think that they're going to kind of maybe siphon some of the opportunities away from each other. So I'm not, I'm not 100% sure as to how successful Cootie could be and how much he could potentially jump. So the player the players that I really like in this are, are Juju, uh, Diggs, and then Moore. And I think Ridley uh, has all, obviously got a lot of upside, but I think it's going to be based on those big plays. But the, the, other, the other guys would be the ones that I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do this year. And I'm trying to get them on as many rosters as I, as I can moving forward. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because looking at these wide receivers, we also are taking the quarterbacks into the equation a little bit. Pat talks a lot, talks some about Ben Roethlisberger. And if Smith Schuster loses him, then there's this threat to really uh, decline in terms of the quarterback value. But he does point out that people with these types of pedigrees get drafted in the first round with literally anyone throwing them the ball. And mentions how in 2015, DeAndre Hopkins was posted a wide receiver four season in his third year. In 2016, he was the third overall startup pick. And this is despite the fact that drafters knew Brock Osweiler would be throwing him the ball. And then Pat again uh, emphasizes that he did say literally anyone. Right. So we did run into a little bit of a situation there where Osweiler did knock down Hopkins value for a couple of seasons. But Hopkins is the kind of guy and and similar to Smith Schuster in a lot of ways in terms of what the comps are and what the production profile was coming out of college and that that immediate first two seasons. I mean, you really are looking at a situation where for players like Hopkins or Smith Schuster to crater would take something almost unfathomable. I mean, it would be a very, very, very unexpected scenario it really anything other than a devastating injury and smith schuster is going to be right back in that group i would like to mention that one of the reasons why we have more and have ridley drafted uh, ranked so early and those two guys are, are players i'm getting in virtually every draft is that their profiles with having uh, first round draft picks excellent college profiles and then strong rookie seasons, those types of players, I mean, they're so resilient in terms of dynasty ADP. Pat shows, uh, you know, goes through and gives you all the research on first round wide receivers dating back to 2006 who had this ADP between wide receiver 10 and wide receiver 35 going into their second year. And I mean, it's a who's who of superstars. And again, with that analysis, what he shows is that a good season is going to skyrocket these guys you know, up into that first round range. A solid season, they're going to move up. And even a bad season, they're going to be able to stick there. Uh, Pat was nice enough to reference the article that I did write specifically on Ridley a couple weeks ago, showing that his chances to break out are spectacular. You just don't get receivers with his profile across the board and then these rookie numbers and get to draft that person where Ridley is currently going. It's, it's just absolutely crazy to see him in that range. And one of the things with this passing attack, with Atlanta being there in the dome with a strong quarterback, with a passing attack that has a ton of value, 
is there's absolutely no reason that we can't see a season with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley posting the kinds of numbers that Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster did a year ago. The fact that Jones is there to draw the coverage creates so much safety for Ridley as well. And so Jones gets hurt. Ridley absolutely explodes on massive target volume, but Jones stays healthy and Ridley has that protection where he can be this ultra high end wide receiver too, and simply isn't that expensive. So love this article here. Love the guys that Pat is talking about. I think the case in Houston is also interesting where you look at where they are with their receivers. And even though quarterbacks are so inexpensive in 2019, I think that this is one where, you know, it's it's going to be difficult to get Mahomes. He's so expensive. Everybody else is so cheap. But play this Houston receiving core by going in and getting Deshaun Watson on as many teams as you can. Uh, he's in line for an absolutely massive season at the quarterback position. Yeah, I think he's a real, uh, a real, real value at the moment. And like you mentioned, you know, we're talking about uh, his three wide receivers in such a way. I know the, the tight end position doesn't really exist there at the moment, but in terms of what what we could see from him, both from a rushing perspective, I know people are looking at you know Lamar Jackson in terms of his rushing abilities, but you know, the, the, Deshaun Jackson is definitely no slouch when it comes to rushing the ball and what he's done since he came into the league, and then of course uh, with the passing abilities to to those targets as well. I think there's a big big opportunity for him. One player that i'm interested just to get your thoughts on where we're on about dj Moore. i know we both love more uh but in terms of uh curtis samuel is somebody who seems to be getting a real amount of buzz over the last kind of three or four weeks from a lot of analysts and the, the fantasy community what's your thoughts there in terms of uh the dynamic between the two of them I, i've seen some people saying that you know curtis or curtis is the one that people should be targeting rather than more what's your thoughts there i strongly disagree but i'm just interested to see what you think they both look like fantastic targets to me there's not a lot of extra competition in that passing game now it's a very different passing game than what we see in atlanta we wouldn't expect that same overall amount of value but when you have these young prospects and you have curtis samuel doing what he did at the end of the season samuel was one of my favorite players from that previous class and he's really operating on a different timeline because of all the injuries he had as a rookie it's easy to forget that he came in with a good profile and also came in very very young so even with being a year behind in terms of that development with the injury, he's still right there in that age range where we can be enthusiastic about this explosive upside. I think both of these guys are primed to really blow up. They both look like values to me. Um, I have been selling more a little bit simply because he brings back so much in trade. And so to get someone like Nikhil Harry and be able to add him to some rosters and then add in a bunch of rookie picks, you know, we talked a little bit about the strategy of perpetual reloading and one of the elements of that is that sometimes you need to sell your young players i mean nobody wants to buy the old row players if you think you can rebuild by uh, trading off those guys for peanuts i mean that that's not going to happen you want to continue to cycle through some of these trendy guys and make sure you turn them into more and more value on a lot of those teams and, and really across the board i had samuel and he was more of a hold after the different injury things there but certainly on some of these teams where I am selling more and still have Samuel, I think that there is that scenario where he would be someone who takes a big jump. Now I'm only selling more because of the value. I think he's going to have a fantastic season. If you're drafting and redraft, have him on your roster, but there's really no reason why you can't have both of these guys and have both of them pay off for you in 2019. Yeah, that's, it's very interesting the way you put that. And, and I mean, in terms of, 
Uh, I disagree with uh, Samuel should be the, the, the one that you would target over more. I think I would be targeting more in all leagues, but I do think if you look down at where Samuel is going, definitely a lot of value, particularly and uh, what he can do with the ball in his hands um, you know, after the catch. So I, I agree with what you said, Sean. They're very, very interesting too when you talk about uh, trading away some of those younger players to try and you know restock the team and bolster the team. Uh, you know, the, Sometimes early in the career can be the best opportunity to do that. So very, very good advice there as well. So getting closer to the end of the show, let's jump into overtime. So, Sean, as we get ready to wrap it up, uh, we all obviously teased at the start of the show. Blair has up the Scott Fishbowl tool on the site. I am picking at spot number 10 in the, the draft. Uh, I was hoping to get one of those kind of top three picks. Uh, if I didn't get that, I was hoping it would be the late uh, end of the, that first round to kind of double up on two players as we make it around that turn. Uh, where are you drafting in this year's uh, in this year's league? I have the sixth position and so that will be interesting to see which of the star running backs if any of them fall to me i was pulling up blair's tool here looking a little bit at the comparison between david johnson and alvin Kamara. wouldn't necessarily expect Kamara to make it to number six but david johnson someone i do think will be there we talked about him a little bit on the previous show about how we were extremely excited to see what he could do in this air raid this run and shoot style offense that the Cardinals are hoping to deploy. Looking back to his 2016 season a little bit, and I can use the tool to see how many times David Johnson scored a certain number of points in this SFB9 format. And the cool thing here is you go down to 40 and look across, and he has eight games with 40 points or more in 2016. Now, even if the offense works, even if David Johnson is healthy, it's going to be difficult to have that 2016 kind of season. But as we discussed previously, we still see him as that hybrid running back, that Saquon Barkley light type of player. Uh, I think still probably superior to Le'Veon Bell and in an offense that should be much more explosive than the Jets. So he gets pretty interesting there and when you see eight games with 40 or more points in 2016 then you know he's someone who is going to be intriguing in the middle of that draft who do you like there at 110 it's going to be very difficult the, the reason it's going to be very difficult is because obviously with the scott fish bowl and you have uh you know i can't even remember there's like is it 1200 people in the league this year it's like it gets bigger and bigger every year it's hard to hard to remember but when you have all those divisions and then obviously we're gathering data of uh, you know some mock drafts and that but the situation is that in each and every league it can be such a disparity between who takes who at what point and it's very hard to know who can make it like you mentioned kamara in my opinion kamara should be a top three pick in this draft but there's a situation where like I, I listened to Hassan and Blair talk to Pat Fitzmaurice this week on the road of his report they were talking about the possibility would Travis Kelsey go in those top six picks so things like that can really swing things around and looking at the the stat explorer here and seeing just even compared to you know the other two tight ends that you know you'd be expecting to go in that tier you know Kelsey is just such a, a higher volume uh, option there so I would be very interested in somebody like him or maybe one of the other uh, two tight ends but Kelsey in particular has a obviously a huge upside but i don't think he'll get there like you mentioned kamara not getting to six i don't know if kelsey's going to get to 10 but my my plan would be probably to try and pick up 
if they last one of those three tight ends and the that their swing either in the the, the late first or early second and then pair that with uh, a running back or a wide receiver is likely the way that i'm looking to go but quite a few players i'm interested in but i'm not really pinning my hopes on any specific one based on it's just impossible to tell there'll be leagues where some of those guys that you're hoping to get at the back of the first round end up going first overall so it's always it's always fun to see how it breaks down but uh, really really excited to start the draft to see people sharing their teams and how they go and we have quite a quite a strong rotoviz representation this year and it so it'll be really uh, really cool to see one of our guys uh, come out on top at the end of it all but really really excited for it starting uh, this coming week well you mentioned the tight ends and and again just you know looking at the tool here and and to remind everyone that this tool is going to be free so go ahead and check it out it's not behind the paywall you mentioned kittle you mentioned kelsey zach Ertz, actually with two of the top four scores from that tight end group last season uh one massive game above 60 points another game that came in just below that so perhaps someone as it swings back around uh early there in the second round that you could have your eye on that's kind of where i was thinking of uh, him possibly picking him up and he did have uh, that spike of the over 60 as well as kelsey but if you just look at it and i i think that I think in this format that Ertz might actually be a better value than Kelsey based on uh, the expectation of him being able to deliver this year. And I know we all thought that Hill would likely be in for a longer ban, but obviously if, if he was missing longer, that would boost Kelsey's value. But with him likely to not be out as long, it might just dip that a little bit. But uh, I think very, very interesting. And uh, I didn't want to hype him up too much, but <laughs> Ertz is the more likely target at that kind of that early spot uh, as we come back at the kind of the 203 spot to try and pick him up there. So definitely definitely interesting and uh, worth worth a shot but let's keep that on the down low sean <laughs> but uh as we, as we as we get ready to wrap up and uh, sean mentioned obviously that one isn't behind the paywall so do do not miss out on the opportunity to use that when you're drafting uh there's so many different bits that you can pull up in terms of splitting it by game splitting it by season splitting it by uh each each position and each player you can compare players in it and so on so definitely something that you, you need to have pulled up while drafting and when you're getting ready for your draft so great work there uh, from blair and as always the apps up on the site uh, truly fantastic uh, as we get ready to wrap it up i just want to let you know again about the road of his slack and the road of his patreon give you an opportunity to get involved with that uh, patreon ship starting from just six dollars so don't miss out on that opportunity to, to get ready we'll be doing some scott fishbowl talk as we get ready for that and as the draft progresses and of course as always you can get that 10 percent discount to a road of his nfl pass from the podcast homepage that is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast that is going to do it for today's edition of the show we will be hopefully from now on going on a weekly basis and doing the show each and every week so we should be back next week to talk a little bit about our drafts and some of the articles that are up on the site but until that that's going to do us for us my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland my co-host is sean siegel who you can follow on twitter at ff underscore contrarian and until we're back with another one have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. 
As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran. Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.